I'm Bob Sewell. I'm a lawyer. In fact, I'm a partner at the law firm at Davis Miles McGuire Gardner. I started this podcast because my clients always ask me, is that even legal? I want to discuss on this podcast how the law affects us and changes our daily lives. I hope you enjoy the show. I hope it is meaningful to you and I hope you learn from it. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast, Is That Even Legal? My name is Sarah Clifford. I'm an attorney at Davis Miles. I am going to be guest hosting this today, and I am here with attorney Bob Sewell, um, who is the typical podcast host. But today, Bob, we're going to pick your brains about this topic that's fascinated me since law school. So in law school, I learned that if I go pitch my tent on somebody's front yard for long enough, I can take possession of their property. Um, It's called adverse possession. And I thought to myself, surely this is one of those legal lore things that never really happens in real life. Um, But sure enough, I get out into practice and I realize that this is not one of those things that, you know, is a once off, but this actually happens all the time. So Bob, if I go pitch my tent in your front yard and stay there for long enough, can I own your house? Is that even legal? (laughs) It could end up being legal. Yes. I mean, that blows your mind, but it is possible under the right circumstances to squat on someone's property, not your own, and make it your own. And I remember in law school hearing about this, and I thought, this never happens anymore. I mean, this is a thing of yesteryear. It, but it happens, and it happens all the time. And it usually happens in a pretty benign way. Like, for example, if, if I am... A building a fence and I put my fence up in the wrong spot and I happen to put it on my neighbor's property by an extra couple feet and then I let that happen long enough and no one says anything and no one complains I now own my neighbor's property as long as I do this for the particular statutory period it's so in, in legal speak, you have to be hold the property openly, notoriously, continuously for the statutory period. That's what we say in, in legal speak, openly, notoriously, continuously for the statutory period. And, and that, that statutory period can differ depending on the state you're in, depending on the facts. In Arizona, it's 10 years. In a lot of other states, it's 20 years. And this is true in other foreign countries, you know, that they have these statutory periods and these squatter rights. So, Bob, let me ask you. I pitch my tent in your front yard, and I say I am going to adversely possess your house. Um, Is there anything that you can do to stop me? Yeah, I mean... Yes, absolutely. And and I've seen this happen where people came in, they said, my neighbor is trying to take over XYZ portion of my property. What am I going to do? And there's some practical solutions and then there's some impractical solutions. So the first practical solution is you write your la- your neighbor a letter and you save a copy of that letter for your records and you say, hey, listen. I know you really like that 10 feet in my front yard as your driveway, and I'm a nice guy, so I'm going to allow you to use that 10 feet 
of my of my driveway for whatever you want to use it for. You can do that. That's called permission. And once you give that person permission, they're not adversely possessing it anymore. So if that if you want to pitch your tent in my front yard, Sarah, I know you've always <laughs> wanted to do that. But if you want to do that, I could just give you permission and now you're not adversely possessing my property. The other thing I could do is bring an action against you for um, trespass, right? This is your quintessential uh, cause of action for qu- trespass. You say, I say to the court, court, judge, Sarah's got her tent in my front yard and won't leave. Make her leave and give me damages. And so I say, she's ruined my grass. She (laughs) has brought down the value of my house, you know. And so I can do. Brots over the fire. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I can do that. And now that's expensive and you don't get attorney's fees. You just get the damages from that action of trespass. But I can do it and I can get you gone out of there. So. Yeah, there's there's ways to handle it. There's that are practical. There's ways to handle it that are expensive and less practical. Okay, Bob, what if I thought I was going to be really sneaky and I say I'm going to pitch my tent in your front yard only at night when you're sleeping and when you wake up, I'm going to pack up all my pots and pans and my brats and my campfire stove and I'm going to go hide. And then once you go to sleep, I'm going to go pitch my tent out in your front yard again can I still take possession of your property if if I'm doing it behind your back and you don't even know? Maybe, maybe. You have to do it openly and what they say, as they say in the law, you have to do it openly and you have to do it notoriously. So generally speaking, people have to know that you're squatting on it. You can't just be hiding out there. But I have heard of some cases. Have you heard of any cases where someone has done this? more secretively yeah so i remember this case in law school where there were these vacation rentals in the mountains um and the person was using it as you know a vacation rental they were using this cabin as a vacation rental adversely possessing it i think they were also paying taxes on the property um but the court held that even though they weren't there year-round You know, they weren't trying to hide the fact that they were there. They were just using it as everybody else would use a cabin. Um, And that was held to be okay. And they owned the cabin because they used it as a cabin and had used it for the statutory amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it all depends on the facts. One of the things I see a lot in my practice is the holdover kid. Mom or dad dies. There was a kid living, adult child living in the home, and that kid just continues to live in the home. That person is not likely to be adversely possessing, but it is a danger that when you start approaching that statutory period, the other siblings need to make clear that they're doing, that that the holdover kid is doing this with the permission of the other siblings. Because there is always that threat that uh, given the right set of facts and the right judge, 
that holdover kid could adversely possess mom and dad's home. The The case law is against that position, but I do think it's an, enough of a window that it's possible. So this is kind of a nuts legal principle. Um, do you do you think it, we should keep it around adverse possession or do you think we should get rid of adverse possession? Definitely should keep it around. It When you use land, you're making the, the land uh, work, right? I mean, and, and that's what the thing, that's what this principle is trying to do. It's trying to say that land is good and using the land in a productive manner is good. And when you improve land and use it in a productive manner, you're benefiting everyone around you. And so... It, it might be a little seem a little archaic of a law in, given in today's day and age, but yeah, I do think it's a good principle. And the other times, times the other thing is, it happens so frequently that we need a way to resolve the dispute. I heard of one case, re- really fairly recently, where. The builder built a home and he just wasn't careful. And he took over the next door neighbor's lot by like 15 or 20 feet. And the actual home he built was on the next door neighbor's lot. And no one noticed because the recession hit and that neighborhood stopped building. And it wasn't until recently that people started looking around and saying, hey, I may want to build there, that new owner of that property. Except that for over 10 years, that home has actually been physically on the neighbor's lot. So what are we going to do? Knock down the house? Rebuild the home? That doesn't seem like the right course either. And so adverse possession gives a way to resolve that dispute. And also, if you're the neighbor that owns the lot that's being adversely possessed, you shouldn't sit on your rights. You should take action. You have to look at the situation. You have to guard your land. You have to make sure that you are using that land productively. And that's what the law is also trying to accomplish too, to make sure that the neighbor is guarding their rights. And if we're all looking after our own rights, then the land's more productive. Okay, so Bob... Let's say I squat on your front yard for long enough. I camp out in my tent for five years. You don't say anything. I meet all the other criteria, open, notorious. Um, Now I own a portion of your front yard. How do I, what do I do after that point? Do I need to go, so I, I think I've done, I think I've met all the requirements. Do I need to go see an attorney or how do I get titled to? Oh, yeah. Land? Yeah. So once you get that statutory period, whatever it is, five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever that statutory period is, then you got to see an attorney. It's not likely a layperson is going to get through an adverse possession action. And so what you do is you go tell a judge in a complaint and something called a quiet title action. And you say, judge, I now own this land by adverse possession. And you sue the actual owner. And then the judge will declare whether or not you own the land. And um, it's, it's 
it's a tough process. It's not it's not for the faint of heart and it's technical. So yeah, you should get an attorney and show that you own the land. Now, interestingly enough, there's a concept called tacking. So if let's say you're squatting on my front lawn, front lawn, <laughs> my okay? tent yes. and my brats, and I'm throwing parties, and you last for two years, right? Mm-hmm. And then your little sister, she's like, "That's a nice front lawn, <laughs> right?" I mean, it is, I do have a nice front lawn, so she starts squatting on it, and you say, "Yeah, sure, come over, take over," and y- you can literally tack as long as that is being used continuously. So. For the statutory period, it's not just one person, but multiple people together could end up taking over the property. So the most common example is mom is squatting on someone's property, brings daughter to come live in the home, and then mom dies before the statutory period is over, and daughter continues on living in that home. If as long as you hit that statutory period... Daughter can take advantage of mom's time. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I remember this case in law school about these homeless people who wanted this apartment, this condemned apartment building in New York City. And, you know, land in New York, uh, in New York City is very, very expensive. Um, but they formed this coalition of homeless people. And they would always make sure that there was somebody, you know, homeless people are usually pretty transient, but they would always make sure that there was somebody in this apartment building. And they said, nope, this is our apartment building because we tacked it and we can trace through who was here. Um, So what I'm hearing though, is if I am a landowner and I'm worried about my land being adversely possessed. I know we talked a little bit about knowing what you own. So the first thing is, you know, knowing what you own, watching your property. Um, a second way, if I have my tent pitched on your front yard to, you know, ruin my adverse possession claim is to give me permission to write me a letter saying that I can be there. Um, a third way is to, you know, try and kick that person out, eject them for trespassing. Are there any other ways or anything else that I can do? Yeah, I mean... You, one of the ways you guard your land is a survey. In the city, it's pretty obvious where the lot lines are. And if it's not, you know, then you're not living in the city, right? So, but when you get to the country, it may not be so obvious. Sometimes, traditionally, in the old way of doing legal descriptions of property, it, you would say in your legal description, in your deed, uh, Follow that line from the large oak tree 100 feet till you reach the the stream or take a right of 10 degrees, you know, or just go south <laughs> 10 degrees when you reach the big rock with the stake in it and things move around. And so knowing where they were, where they are now, um, maybe getting a better survey putting out stakes, those types of things will help you guard your land. Uh, It's really, really important. And if you think someone's squatting on your land, don't just do nothing. Do something. And it'll solve an expensive lawsuit and what could be loss of expensive land. 
Okay. Well, thanks, Bob, for letting me pick your brain about adverse possession. I have my tent in my car, so I'm going to go pitch <laughs> that over on your lawn after this. Um, we're going to have a great time. Lots of bratwurst. I am assuming you are not giving me permission to be no, there. No. <laughs> my HOA will probably take offense, and my kids are going to wonder, what is that crazy lady doing on my front lawn? Okay. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for being on the podcast, Bob. I appreciate it. Hey, and thanks for guest hosting. Yeah. Folks, thank you for listening. This has been the podcast, Is That Even Legal? A discussion of what's legal. Just as a reminder, this is not legal advice for you. This is general information. It's meant to be educational. If you have specific legal needs... Don't be afraid to reach out to an attorney to get good legal advice. Attorneys are lovable. They're fun. They want to hear from you. See you next time.